to assume that my way of growing up in my environment and my resources and my support and my opportunities applied to everyone. And that if other people aren't making it happen, well, then what's wrong with them? And I don't believe that anymore. Melissa Farr is a seven-figure online marketing strategist who's known for her big personality and strong woman approach to sales. And I must confess, in this interview, I was expecting to geek out about all things sales and funnels, but I could sense there was something else on her mind. After the social awakening of 2020, Melissa felt like she could no longer conform to the rules and privilege she had benefited from her whole career. There's a lot of white guys out there running all their funnels, doing all their things. And, um, you know, like I learned from some of those people. But now I'm kind of thinking, huh, it's been almost six years of this and I don't really want to do it that way anymore. In this conversation, we discuss the evolution of Mel Farr as a modern and inclusive entrepreneur and the lessons that 2020 left for her to ponder and she's still working through. You're about to hear from Melissa herself in a way that you've never heard from her before. We had to cut down this interview for the podcast, but if you'd like to hear the full version, it includes the reason why Mel refuses to invest in Facebook as a platform and what that means for her 33,000 member Facebook group. She also shares her five daily actions that helped her achieve her first five-figure month. For those deleted scenes, head over to theglobalphenomenon.com slash uncut, and you'll get access to our exclusive content vault. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while waiting in line to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's my interview with one of my biggest inspirations, millionaire coach Mel Farr. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. Hi, everybody. Today we have Mel Farr. And Mel, I just have to say it's a complete honor to speak with you right now. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And I feel the same. <laughs> Can you please um, tell me where you are right now? I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. As we know, 2020 has been an eventful year in many ways for just about everyone, right. everyone actually. Um, and so, yeah, we, it was our dream to get to Fort Collins the last two years. And now we live here as of seven days ago. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit for everybody who's listening and just tell me really briefly what you do right now. How do you serve clients right now? Right now, um, I focus, one of my main focuses is my Ascend Mastermind. And mm -hmm. so this is, um, this is a probably like medium sized group of women. It's been anywhere between 20 and 25 women most of the time. And these are women who are probably in a, in a pretty mature financially place for a small business owner and their, their online business. So they're looking to create a multi six figure or seven figure business. Um, my UDU program, I ran it, I finished it this year for the final time. And so we had about 120 women in that program. And that was really working with either new or seasoned business owners who really wanted to get to the point where they were creating um, a sustainable income from their business. Mm -hmm. So that was more like 
beginners or people who had been at it for a while, but things hadn't really clicked. So that was my second way. And then one of my ways I'm going to be focusing on even more as I continue to figure out what my next chapter is, is my courses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just turned you to you after eight runs, five years, nearly 500 women into an online course that I am really, really proud of. And um, we have a sales course. We have a launching course. Um, we have like a just getting started course. So I have like four really solid um, pieces of education that I've wanted to make more accessible to people who just need to know what should I be focusing on on a day-to-day basis to actually make this work. So courses will, will be something that we continue to focus on more yeah. in the future. What went into that move from New York to Colorado? Sure. I think when I was six, I told my parents that I was going to live in New York City. (laughs) And so I lived there the last decade and my partner lived there um, probably 13 years. And I think it was two years ago, we were just talking about maybe getting a house upstate New York. And then at one point I said, what if we just sold our place and moved? We said we wouldn't. We thought we're going to be lifers. We said we'd never sell our condo. And my husband was like, I'd be into that, you know? And so over the years, it just was this thing about being outside all the time and and living in a place where the culture is all about the outdoors. Cause I grew up in Idaho and my dad had a tree farm like that. I, I like planted Christmas trees as a kid, (laughs) as a teenager. And and I lived like literally on a mountain for a long time. So I got my dose of the city and then I don't know, something happens when you get older or just when you grow as a person, sometimes you are surprised that your priorities or your preferences change. Yeah. And I I had the complete privilege of attending your Ascent Live event back in 2018. And I remember that shortly after that, you spent a month in Bali. You said, I need this. I need to do this for myself and I'm just going to go and do it. And now that we're talking about like moving and experiencing different environments, I wanted to ask you because you have the life of freedom that, you know, every online coach once out there and you went and you did it. You said, I'm taking a month off and spending it in Bali. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, actually in 2019, I spent almost three months in Bali. I mm-hmm. went February of 2019. And then when I got back, <laughs> I said to Rob, I was like, I didn't get enough time there. I need to go back again. And this time I'd like to go completely by myself for six weeks. <laughs> um so, and, and I will say as well, my dream for so what feels like forever was to be able to have the freedom to work from anywhere because yeah. before 20, I would say the end of 2015, I didn't have that. And I started being an online entrepreneur. I started working for myself in 2009. Yeah. So it actually took me like over five years to be able to have that freedom. I worked really hard for it because I did not have it before. My first half of my time in New York city was like, a big slog. (laughs) Um, but Bali was, um, I mean, it was just a time where I wanted to go halfway across the planet for some personal reasons to contemplate some of my next chapter life decisions. Mm -hmm. And, um, I knew that I wanted to make some choices, not because it's what everyone else did, but because I wanted to put like serious thought into some things. And um, my husband has always known I'm super independent. So he was invited to the first trip to Bali for the the last two weeks. I was there a month. And then the second time he wasn't invited. (laughs) Yeah. And that January before I left in February, I actually 
lived here in Fort Collins the whole month and he got to come the second half. So we were apart about three months that year um, because he's an amazing human. And because I, I wanted time to reflect on, okay, like I could feel that I can't say that anyone could have predicted what this year was going to be like, Mm -hmm. but I felt like something was going to change inside of me and then outwardly in the globe. And I felt like I need to put a lot of thought into who I wanted to be in the next chapter because Mel, who started her, this specific online business in 2014 is almost nothing like (laughs) the woman that I am right now and the things that I care about. And it's surprising me a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I have to, you know, say something about supporting, supportive partners. Um, yeah. I have a husband who's a complete opposite of me. I'm like out there and outgoing and gregarious. Yeah. And he's like, you can do whatever you want. Just don't include me in it. Don't show my face. I don't want to have anything to do with it. So he'll celebrate my successes. He's like, yay, from afar. It's like, just do whatever you want. Is Aww. your spouse kind of like that? Somewhat similar. He is um, an Englishman. So he's like very reserved, Mm -hmm. um, very modest, and uh, very patient. And I would say those are three things that I'm the opposite of. So yeah, (laughs) but he is like, I mean, really, really supportive. I would say it's like the perfect example of opposites attract, Mm -hmm. but our values are really the same. We just express them differently. And that's helped me to feel like he makes me a better person. That's exactly how I how I describe my relationship with my husband. It's like we have absolutely nothing in common. Like we sit down, like, we have complete opposite preferences on pretty much anything, but our values are the same and that kind of keeps mm. us it keeps us afloat, keeps us making each other laugh, respecting each other's opinions. So somehow somehow it works. Right. So um, I, I'm, I'm super happy you guys are now in Colorado. How does it feel to be able to like make this move? And it's only been seven days in there. How are yeah. things right now? Well, uh, we actually were in Montana the five months before that. So we left New York City in June because uh-huh. we were only leaving our apartment one time or two times a week. Mm-hmm. And um, it just was challenging. And so we went to Montana where my sister lives and like kind of hauled up in a little town in Montana where she lives. And then during that time, all of the things we didn't think were going to work out to make this Fort Collins dream came true did. So Mm -hmm. I will say that it's very sunny. It's sunny 300 days a year here. My first seven days, I hiked two mountains and um, went outside and there's all these natural open spaces to walk in. And so I feel like that's a real privilege after being in a city and, um, you know, during, during 2020 feeling like we really wanted to have space and be safe. So yeah, it's been, it's been freeing, but it's also been a little different because um, it's not the way we planned on coming here. We're not diving into all kinds of social activities, but um, I know that will come. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, everybody's looking at you saying, wow, that is the life. That is what I want. That is why I join Melissa's programs, right? That's why I do this online thing because I want that freedom. I want to be able to say, I want to move and live exactly where I want and work from anywhere. So how does it feel to have reached a point where you have full control Mm. over these decisions that you're making? Amazing. (laughs) If I had to sum it up in a word, but it took a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also would have to say that I consider myself to be a very 
highly privileged person. You know, I've had um, a good support system. <laughs> I have um, healthcare. I have had good education and just resources that I think a lot of privileged white people have. And so to be really honest with you, I don't think there's any excuse really. I mean, but as, as much as it took hard work, um, I've had a lot of opportunities that I don't think every woman or man in this world has. Um, and so it took a long time, but I mean, this was my dream for so long. My first five years in New York city were, um, really challenging and, you know, I was a personal trainer for a while. I didn't get paid if I didn't train those hours if I didn't get that next client. Um, and I think I survived my first year in New York making about $17,000 <laughs> and it was really hard. But now that this has happened, I do feel, I feel so um, lucky to be able to feel like I can create my own schedule and I can have these freedoms. And I think that's one of the things that's actually really changed me is that as I gotten out of my version of survival mode, it's really helped me focus more on, okay, what are my priorities? How do my decisions affect other people? Um, mm -hmm. How do I help people in a way that isn't just conducive to everybody who does things the way I do, but how do I create programs that help people who do things really differently than I do? And so I think given um, the last four years in our country and the year of 2020, I've started thinking really differently about what I teach and how I teach it and how I make it accessible mm -hmm. um, and how my day-to-day -day actions that I think only affect me affect other people. I, I totally want to dive into specifically that. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I have found has been really unique about following you because um, just to go back for a second, I have been doing this online, been in this online coaching world for the past three years full time for the past five years as a spectator. And when I ran into you, I sensed a completely different energy than everybody else is putting out there. It, I started to really understand what it's like to own who you are and present yourself the way that you are. And mm. having worked me, having coached other people and understanding that when you're starting out, there's a lot of fear of how people are going to perceive you. I mean, you're mm. putting yourself out there is such a vulnerable thing to do that often we all start out thinking, well, let me be more like her because it seems like what she's doing is working. So let me try that or let me try sure. this persona. Let me try this persona. And I wanted to ask you if there was ever a time, because you, you are such a confident individual when you put yourself out there. Was there ever a time when you had that insecurity speaking like through your Definitely. personality online? And tell us what that was like. I think there are two things. Number one, I really struggled like many online entrepreneurs do, um, at least the ones I work with in terms of being able to put the value that I offered into words hmm. and not sound like everybody else. And I remember being in other programs where we were being taught, you know, online marketing skills and trying to emulate what some other women did or said. And it just fell flat. I mean, I struggled for the first five and a half months when I started this business because nobody liked my posts. Nobody commented on anything. I mean, it was, it, it was really humbling. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I, and so that was a piece of it, which I actually think is a pretty normal piece, but mm -hmm. the insecurity part for me actually came. And I mean, I'm 36 now. Like I, I'm a little calmer, <laughs> a little, <laughs> a lot calmer than I used to be. I just, I feel 
I really feel that the last 10 years has changed me, but I would say that my biggest insecurity is just, I have been told my whole life that I'm too obnoxious. I'm too loud. I'm too much. And I mean, I'm pretty calm trying to be professional right now, but I am a pretty (laughs) obnoxious person. Um, I have really strong opinions. I love to be silly. And, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes I have a lot of, you know, I think pretty funny, inappropriate stories about things (laughs) I do at parties or with friends or whatever, um, that I think are good natured and harmless, but you know, and yeah. so I've always felt like that. And I think my partner, Rob was, I remember this one time we went on a date and he introduced me to all of his friends. And I was, I was just kind of being ridiculous. We were in a bowl in the alley and I was doing like interpretive dance or something. <laughs> and um, I had had a partner before who told me that I was embarrassing and that kind of, I've had those comments my whole life. And we got home that night and, and I remember Rob looked at me before we were married and he's like, I was so of you tonight and I literally like I wept a little bit I was like oh my god this man celebrates the part of me that I think are too loud or too too much or any of those things and and that first year in 2014 slash 2015 when I was really struggling with the messaging Mm -hmm. I think the other struggle was like I'm not gonna seem professional you know like Mm -hmm. no one's gonna take me seriously if I start you know exerting my strong opinions or saying things that people don't like Mm -hmm. and I think Rob was the person who encouraged me most to be like, show him that thing you do at home. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I can't do that. You know, like if anyone has actually followed me from the very beginning, when Periscope came out, I used to do like really out of control dances. I've actually had emails from people who've seen replays that are in programs now of me in 2015, mm-hmm. um, who have just gotten really angry. They're like, you were so inappropriate. You were squeaking and, and you know, like, you were just squawking and I just can't stand to listen to you and your teaching. <laughs> so wow. I, I give refunds sometimes for people because I'm right. like, that's okay. Like it's right. okay. But I think once I started coming into myself and back then I was, you know, probably 28 or 29, then I started to realize that yeah, some people really didn't like that, mm-hmm. but some people love that. Mm-hmm. And there were, Um, I work primarily with women and there were a lot of women who said that they felt like they were given permission, you know, to do things, which we've heard that a lot. It's nothing profound, but I think it does happen to be true that whatever really is true about you will probably resonate with people who are ideal clients for you. Right. And uh, I can so relate to that. I've I've gone through the same thing. I'm (laughs) I'm trying to be calm and professional right now. (laughs) On the inside, I'm kind of flipping (sighs) out that I'm far right now. Go ahead and flip out. Um, I mean, the thing is, I also think, you know, this is one of my strong opinions, but I'm just like, you know, as women, I I think we live in a patriarchal society where we easily get painted as aggressive when we're assertive, where we get, you know, painted as bossy or bitchy when we're confident. And when we get painted as unprofessional um, or childish, when we are um, eccentric or any of those things. And I think it's because it's really uncomfortable for some humans to learn how to witness a woman in her full power. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is like me working in online marketing. This isn't like, you know, all other kinds of settings where you see a woman be unapologetically feminine or female and whatever that expression looks like, which is different for every woman. We're not just Mm -hmm. all one thing, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot to come back to even for me as a very privileged white woman. It's not like I don't have some of those fears. There's a lot of them. I don't have to deal with that. I think other women, especially, um, black women and women of color have to deal with, but, um, I think we all 
have this feeling of like, or I don't know, at least I have that feeling of too much or too loud or. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the same thing that happened to you with a partner calling you that, you know, that was embarrassing. I've, I was told that by yeah. a boyfriend of mine. I was, we were in his dorm room, I think. And we were, um, Turns out I, I used to do chorale. So I, I, we sang like Baroque oh, Hallelujah yeah. songs and things like that. Awesome. And turned out that one of the girls that he was hanging out with um, also knew the same repertoire. So she and I started so you were like singing, all the, singing all the songs. like <laughs> choir Baroque songs, like belting them out. And at the end, I like when everybody left and I'm here alone with my boyfriend, I'm like, oh my God, that was awesome. Your friends are great. His face was just flat. He's like, oh that was really embarrassing. And I'm like, <laughs> what is your problem? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So I totally like, yes, I mean, when when we have a fire, we are too much and people are not. Yeah, people don't hold back in telling us that, right? Like I've been called overzealous for wanting things to be really perfect, for wanting things to be really good for like, it's, I really admire somebody who like comes out and says, this is just me and this is who I am. So one thing that I think would be really helpful to everybody who's listening, who's struggling to find their own personality online is if you could tell us a little bit of what has it been like to deal with the trolls, to deal with those mm. people telling you, well, that's, you're not my cup of tea, but that's a very nice way of, you know, they usually doesn't come out that way. I would love to know how you have overcome all of that, that people are so afraid that stops them from getting themselves out there. Sure. I, I have to be really honest that I, I don't see myself as somebody who gets hung up on that stuff too much, but I also think I, I have to be honest and say that I am not immune to those things, mm -hmm. but that it's gotten like pretty easy to like deal with. I, I feel mo pretty unaffected sometimes. And, and here's the thing I was going to, I was thinking about this. I think there are kind of stages that I'm working to move through. You know, the first one is somebody says something or somebody doesn't like your program or, you know, and it really scared the heck out of me when I was a beginner entrepreneur. I remember the first time, like I got a big problem client who like did a charge back on me mm -hmm. and I like had, had no money at that point. So for her to like, you know, do a charge back on a $300 coaching program or something, I mean, that little, those my groceries for the week. So I just didn't have them. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like terrified and really scared. And then over the years, as my business built up, I wasn't as scared of like things going wrong financially because I had more resources. But I also went into the stage where I realized that people's responses to me as a human said a lot more about them than me. Mm -hmm. And I actually took pride in that for a while because I was in this stage where I wanted it, I wanted to be right. And I wanted them to be wrong. And I was like, well, you're just saying that because you're an a-hole, you know, <laughs> but, um, but, but now I'm starting to move into this new place where I'm kind of like, it, it, I'm trying to be more objective about the fact that everyone's conceptions about certain things don't necessarily make them a good or a bad person. It's just that we have all grown up in very different environments. And I mean, especially in the last four years, I've really learned that, wow, people can see, see the same thing that feels like so obvious to me and so just one way so differently. Mm -hmm. And I've just, right now, I feel very motivated to 
put more effort into understanding why people's perspectives are so different, Mm -hmm. but without like all of the charge around it. So I guess it's kind of that state. The first stage is like, oh my God, I'm so scared. Then it's like, that's about them. That's their problem. And the third stage is like, that's so fascinating. I wonder how they see it that way. Okay. I'll move on. You know, it's like, it's kind of just getting a little more, dare I use the word disciplined about just your energy and where you're going to put it, you know, at the end of the day, my responses to other people, when I get upset, says everything about me and doesn't say anything about them. And so that has to be true both ways, you know? Mm -hmm. And the fact is you're just not going to make everybody happy. And my mom just bought me the stack of napkins. It said like, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'd rather be a tequila shot or something like that. And I was like, that's so true. Like, I just don't give two Fs. Like I do. And I do just like anyone else worry what people are going to think to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But for me, I also, um, I am kind of a linear thinker. I am a little more like, um, just kind of like, I'm a pretty strategic person. I'm like a balance of masculine and feminine. And when I get focused in on like a strategy, then those other things kind of fall away, you know? And my other trick to it is I always think about my clients who have like been really served and whose lives have changed. And I'm just like, I don't want to make it about me, you know, like, cause why don't I make it about the people who are being really served in this way? Um, so I think that's one of the things, but I've, I've really developed, like I have my own framework. It's a five-part framework where I know, and my clients know, what are the five things that day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out, you focus on literally on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner, if you're a multi-six figure business owner, if you're a seven figure business or above, you have to focus on these five areas. And that's really grounded me just to be like, I know what I need to do every day. And I know how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care that much anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, and also it's like, who wants to, who wants to turn around in a week or a month or a year and think you've wasted your whole life because you give two shits, sorry, about what other people think. Like, I just, I have no, I have no tolerance for that. Can I just say throughout this conversation, I have noticed a lot of sprinkles of this theme. So I kind of want to put it back, like put it on the table, which is the 2020 conversations, right? Conversations Mm. about division in the country, about racism. And am I getting this vibe right that this seems to have affected you in in a really big way? Oh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more of what you're going through with all of this? Sure. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, no, I don't apologize for tears ever. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like a 36-year-old white privileged woman, and I think that the last four years have um, woken me up in ways that I didn't realize I needed to be a lot more awake. Um, I think in the U.S. there's this culture of like individualism, which I've always loved. It's been like a badge of honor that I moved away from my family and lived in New York city my whole life. And, um, you know, did my own thing. And when I first started my business, I didn't need help from anybody, you know, and I was kind of like the, just figured out, pull yourself up by your bootstraps with a lot of the clients in my community. And I think a lot of people really like that. Um, and just, I guess, there is just a greater awareness about how, um, how so many of all of our actions 
really do affect other people Mm -hmm. and how it's been so easy for me because I haven't had a lot of obstacles in my life Mm -hmm. to assume that my way of growing up in my environment and my resources and my support and my opportunities applied to everyone. And that if other people aren't making it happen, well, then what's wrong with them? And I don't believe that anymore at all. (laughs) And so I think it's just becoming um, a more compassionate person who, you know, really truly believes like, wow, you know, it's very easy as a woman to perpetuate a patriarchal way of doing things. But, you know, I, I attract 50% of women who are a little more type A like I am. Um, or like I can be how I was molded and shaped to be. Um, and then I attract a lot of other people who are extremely visionary and, and they do things differently. Like they might have an offer that's a little less tangible than mine is. They might work with energy or other things. And I respect all of those things, but I don't think I knew how to respect different ways of doing things for a really long time. So people who probably worked with me closer to 2015 and into 2017 probably experienced more of like, it's step one, two, three, do it, figure it out. What are your questions? People who work with me now would say, Hey, I still have these really comprehensive steps, but I want you to customize it to you. And let's talk about how you think differently. Let's talk about how you work differently. And let's start to respect that you are someone who may think really differently than I do, but how can I customize my program to help bring that out of you, right? Um, Because our world has been created to make it really easy if you are white and you are a man, you're probably gonna have a lot more opportunities than other people. Um, And I think that, I've started to notice there's parts of me sometimes that don't want to work a long day (laughs) and want to be softer and want to be more compassionate and want to be more interested in how my day-to-day actions and the things that I say have been really, really unaware of how other people live. Um, And I think our industry, and this may make some people upset, but I think our industry, you know, was started by a lot of white guys. There's a lot of white guys out there running all their funnels, doing all their things. And, um, you know, like I learned from some of those people, but now I'm kind of thinking, huh, it's been almost six years of this and I don't really want to do it that way anymore because I think there's a whole section of humans who aren't supported to our greatest, um, ability or their greatest ability. If we just decide this is the way you do an online business and this is the way you market and no questions asked. And so I just didn't ask questions about this industry or other things for what I would say is far too long. And now I'm just kind of working through not wasting my energy um, on feeling embarrassed or ashamed of that because it's not really helping where I want to help now. Yeah. I don't know if that's too cryptic, if that makes sense, but no, it, it makes total sense. And I just have to say that I, I, I thought I was going to come into this conversation to talk about sales and to talk about <laughs> sales calls and conversations. And, I and, love all those things. And, we could, but <laughs> I am, I, I am so honored that you would 
share this with the global phenomenon community that you will share this with our listeners, because I think it's so important for everybody to hear, um, you know, the level of evolution that happens when, you know, you start out and you're bootstrapping and you're trying to make it work. And once you get to a certain place where you can think a little bit more clearly and be more inclusive and really think about the world in different ways. So I really appreciate that, pers that perspective that you're giving us. So thank you. Of course. Um, and I, and I to would say too, really quickly that, yeah. You don't have to wait to make that realization. I mean, I, I shout out to all the humans I don't know and I do know who um, naturally started out being that person that I have slowly and I think a little too late when I'm hard on myself have evolved into, you know, like. I can give you all the excuses that I was focused on surviving and I just grew up a certain way and I didn't really know any better, but it doesn't really do any good. So you don't have to wait. It certainly is easier when you are not in survival mode and when you have resources to have more bandwidth, to think more about other people and to think more about how your actions and your words and how you teach affects your clients and other people in the world. Of course it's easier but it doesn't have to be a reason that you can't think about it now if that's something that is really important to you. And in my opinion, hopefully it is. Because right now in the world, I don't think that it's something to get kudos for. I just think it's yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. Why don't you tell me what you think is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful woman in business? Um, that I'm still who I was in 2015. Mm -hmm. And that, <laughs> that, that thought is just going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I mean, I, I, I love strategy. I honestly could sit here and talk to you about sales and funnels all day long because I love the way that I've learned to do them now. The way that I learned to do them now is, is matching up with like the person that I'm becoming now. And um, so I, I, I love teaching sales because I think it's really empowering and I think it's really respectful for all humans, for all humans, not just a certain group of humans. And so, um, you know, like I could talk about those things all day and I still love that. I like to think linear and then I love to meander. It's just that there needs to be room to do it all. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes there's a lot of humans out there who don't feel like they've been given room to share all of their gifts in a way that works for them. And I just, for that long time, was that person who probably wasn't really giving them all the different options that they needed. And so I think that's one of the misconceptions about me now maybe is that I'm just strategy, strategy, strategy. And I'll be honest, I'm not a mindset coach really. I'm not, I'm not like an energy worker. Like I'll, I'll refer you to someone really good for that. But I also can have really heartfelt conversations that can open up hearts and minds. And it's not, it's not all about strategy. Yeah. So if everybody who's listening to us had to do what you are about to tell them to do, and they have to do it in the next 24 hours, what would that be? I would just urge people in this industry, like this online marketing industry, to just ask yourself this question. When I serve my clients, am I looking to make this work available to everyone and in a way that works for them? Or have I bought into this idea that there's just one way to get from A to B? Because that's my biggest thing, right? Mm -hmm. There isn't just one way to get from A to B. You have a way to, and you have a system of helping clients get from A to B. Is it customizable enough to really give a great opportunity to anybody who walks through your door who is an ideal client? 
it's not that you're not allowed to have ideal clients. That's totally fine. But for all those people who are ideal, who walk through your door, they're all going to be very different from each other. I think it's just to put some thought into that because I wish someone had said that to me a while earlier and maybe I wouldn't have listened, but at some point along my journey, I would have looked back and thought, okay, like now I get what she was saying. Thank you so much for doing this. How can people find you and follow you? Sure. I'm actually going to put um, this link. It's melissafar.com forward slash get clients webinar dash W. So you can probably put that link in the show notes for people, but I did speak about those five things to do on a daily basis. And it's ended up being a practical, customizable piece of advice that's really helped people not get caught up in what other people think and feel like they know what to do on a day-to-day basis to get clients online. And I've made it into a training so that you can walk away from that training no matter what and feel like you have a to-do list for today and tomorrow and next week and next month, next year. Love it. Mel, I, it's been such a pleasure, such an honor to witness this. And I am, I'm so happy that you came and with such vulnerability really showed us how the online industry really has to change. Amen, sister. (laughs) We really really all have to be aware of these things. And I'm so glad that we're just a little speck in the universe and hopefully will impact a lot of people and how they run their businesses. So um, I'm giving you a really big virtual hug because I am. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for thinking of me. I always consider it such an honor to be able to think that anyone would want to listen to my view (laughs) on things for a while. So um, thank you so much for inviting me. It's, It's really an honor. Thank you. Hey there, Ina here. After this interview, you may be wondering how you can also evolve in your business, let your personality shine through, and stay true to your values in your business. I'll answer this and other questions in the companion episode coming up next, where I will share with you three things that Mel Farr is doing very right in her business and you should start doing right now even if you're starting out. So make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And if you'd like to leave a question for the companion episode, just go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, leave your question there, and I will answer it on the air. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.